Hi, my name is Vicki McCann. I'm the Archdiocese of Washington Director for Curriculum and Instruction. I have been in this role now for four years. Uh, prior to joining the Catholic Schools Office, I served in a variety of different roles for the uh, Archdiocese of Washington Catholic Schools. I've taught third grade, fourth grade, and the longest I taught was computers for grades pre-K to grade eight. And then my final two years in the school building, I was a vice principal for two years. So I have a variety of different experiences behind me, and I'm excited to begin this podcast. This first episode, I'm going to focus on student engagement. And student engagement is so crucial right now as we're going into this distance education. And we even have some hybrid schools um, and some totally in-person schools, but still using a lot of technology focus now. So student engagement looks different. Student engagement teachers used to be able to just pay in the classroom, be able to read faces, know what's working, what's not working, be able to tell with body language. Now, a lot of times with our video conferencing, with our Zoom, we have a lot of black boxes that students aren't showing their camera. Um, and then even just the in-person, they're wearing masks now, it's harder to read body language. So right now we need to have different strategies to tackle student engagement. So I'm gonna begin by going into a little bit of background. Student engagement is created and enhanced by three key players, and that's teachers, families, and then there are other students in the class, their peers. So as teacher engagement increases, so does student engagement. As family engagement increases, parent engagement, or their guardians, then student engagement increases. And then as other peers in the class, as, they, as their engage, engagement increases, so does their student engagement. So think about these three things as you think about trying to enhance the engagement in your classroom. Now let's talk about teachers for a moment. Our teachers are doing an amazing job. You are already working around the clock to engage the students. You're doing this by posting regular announcements. You're doing morning meetings. You're varying communication tools. So sometimes you're using emails. Sometimes you're doing phone calls. Sometimes you're messaging through a platform. Um, providing a schedule and material list in advance is very, very, very important to help out families. You're providing tech support, and now this is a new hat for some of you. You haven't in the past had to provide so much tech support as you're doing this year. Um, giving personalized feedback, maybe it's little video clips that you're sending to, um, just to tell students how they're doing on assignments. You have to keep up the shout outs, birthday messages, all those things that happen in the classroom, they're still important now in the virtual world. Um, and then also, Virtual bulletin boards for student work. So coming up with some sort of system to display student work. It's a great way to just collaborate and share with each other and to make that connection in the virtual world. Let's talk about families for a minute. So remember, families are going to be part of this, the success of students and their academic success. We really more than ever need that parent family partnership with the teachers. So communication is essential. 
Meeting virtually with each family to understand their home learning environment will really help to set the tone for the school year. Um, sending tutorial videos for families. So consider also their home language of what they speak. Maybe even include closed captionings with your videos. But also remembering flexibility is key. So offering guidelines and then making sure to clearly label what the must do activities are and the may do activities. So let's talk about students. So as I mentioned, as peers uh, engagement increases, so will the individual student uh, engagement. So there's actually three types of engagement, behavior, cognitive, and emotional. So behavior engagement is basically how often and how long the learner engages with the materials. Cognitive is how learners think about and what and make the connections with what they're learning. And emotional is a level of connectedness and caring that the learners feel in their community. So Philip Schlecki is a, he defined student engagement as students being both highly committed and highly focused in the learning. Um, so he created five levels of engagement and it starts, the bottom starts with rebellion. So that's the diverted attention and no commitment. So that's the student that's typically acting out in the classroom. Then there's retreatism and that is no attention, no commitment. So that's the student that might, for lack of a better word, they look bored in a class. They're sitting there not really paying attention. However, they're not acting out. Ritual compliance is the third level of engagement. So that's low attention and low commitment. And then there's strategic compliance. So that is high attention, but low commitment. So this would be the student that is very good at playing the game of school. And then there's engagement. So engagement is the top level, and that is high intention and high commitment. So this means that the task or the product has meaning and value for the student. So even if the project is difficult, the student will still try to perform and give high level of engagement to it. Now, I like to tell a story of how I was a very strategic compliance student. I was very good at playing the game, very good at playing the game of school. Um, some of you might remember the family tree assignment where you're given a blank piece of paper, a graphic organizer with a tree with all the branches and you have to fill in all the circles. And my grandfather on my dad's side was adopted. So naturally that tree didn't go up very high without me doing some sort of digging into our family background. So at the time, that wasn't really an option. So I could not, being a Virgo that I am, I could not turn in a piece of paper with blank, uh, blank, blank branches on it. So I made up names and put in all different random names of family members that were my ancestors. Now, to the teacher, it looked like I was very engaged. Uh, I got a great grade on it. However, I was not invested in the project at all. So I was more strategic compliant. Just to give a little example, some of you on here listening probably feel the same way. So let's discuss challenges. Challenges. So the biggest challenge is access and equity. 
So we have to consider that in the virtual world, every home is different. Some homes may have more areas that students can sneak away for a quiet space where some homes might be more of an open floor plan and there's really not that type of area a student can go to for a quiet area. Some homes, their um, students are sharing devices. They're even sharing devices with the parents who are also working from home. Then there's always going to be tech issues, Wi-Fi issues. Finding a quiet space might be limited. Um, also, our students are all using different devices in some cases. So some might have a laptop, some might have a Chromebook, some have a tablet or a cell phone. Um, older siblings babysitting, this is, a, this is a huge challenge for us right now. And a lot of times our middle school students might be babysitting their younger siblings. This is something to keep in mind that they have other tasks going on in their head as well. And then just physical materials. So students don't have the same access to materials that they have in the school building. So what can we do about it? How can we help? We can provide tech tutorials. We can keep in touch with families. Be flexible with missed assignments. It might be a tech issue that's out of that student's control. Uh, give linguistic support. So find out what is the home language and review those ISEP plans and utilize school support staff to help in that. And then also make sure to do social emotional check-ins and we'll, I'll talk about that later. So let's talk about video conferencing. So I'm gonna mention Zoom, but there's also uh, Google Meet that some of you are using. I would highly suggest considering a flipped approach when presenting new content. And that's because a lot of times when we are in our all big Zoom meetings, sometimes the focus isn't there to learn the new content. We're distracted with other students in the class. Um, we're just distracted on our own. We have siblings that also need help. So you're running over to help a sibling. So for new content, it might be best to pre-record those videos. Then you can send it out prior to that live, uh, that live conferencing time and students can re-watch it as needed. And then during that live meeting time, then you can clarify and dive deeper. Also remember, it is quick to make these pre-recorded videos. PowerPoint makes it very easy to do a recording. Um, there's whiteboard websites, Screencastify, Loom. If you need help, just reach out and I can help you with that. So it's very important for the video conference meeting time to meet as a group to build and maintain community. And this is also a time to review content in an interactive way. I like the story of the scavenger hunt that a teacher sent their students to run to the kitchen during a Zoom meeting in order to go and find any manipulatives that could be used for fractions. And then that student told them to use those, those uh, tools in the class discussion. Another thing to keep in mind is that student presentations might work better pre-recorded. So as we know, when you know, we only have a 45 minute block of time, a 60 minute block of time, when you're transitioning to each student to do their presentation, to present their topic, um, there's always gonna be a tech issue. It's always gonna be, you know, a student can't find their presentation right when they need it. All of these delays add up and we have such a limited amount of time with our students. So have them pre-recorded. I like to use Flipgrid, but there's other tools out there too. Have them pre-recorded and then students can go and watch it when they're comfortable and on their own time. 
So some strategies for this video conferencing. Make sure to do social emotional check-ins. Um, it's important to involve movement during the class. Use the chat feature. And I know um, sometimes we don't want to use the chat feature, but I think it's really, really, really important that we utilize it in a safe way. And I'll talk about it a little bit more later. Use the polls. Hand gestures are important. And then incorporate other tools with the live video. So make sure to use, um, you know, you can, students, especially in the older grades, they can also tab over to Nearpod. They can open up another, another tab for their Google Slides. If possible, breakout ro rooms can be such a valuable tool. So if it is possible for you to implement them, I highly suggest using breakout rooms. And then also remember to go off camera. So a lot of times it's important to give students an assignment, let them turn off their camera for a little bit, um, work independently, and then turn back on their camera to meet back up. So some activities to also incorporate. Morning meetings are important. Read alouds, scavenger hunts, brain breaks, Go Noodle is a great website, and then uh, talent shows. And then I also like the idea of in the classroom you had job assignments, you can still have them in the virtual world. So keep in mind you might want to have like a mic monitor, an eagle eye, a chat checker, a techie, attendance monitor, a morning greeter, a jokester. There's so many different jobs you can have, and that just keeps students engaged and wanting to see what job they'll have the following week or the next day. Let's talk about low attendance and optional meetings. So sometimes you're gonna have times, for example, your office hours where students aren't necessarily required to attend. So you might have some low attendance at these events. What I suggest doing is invite specific students. So send out a personal email or a phone call to a small group of students, similar to in-person instruction, and just call over those four to five students to join you. If you make it a personal phone call or a personal email, they may, they'll probably attend. Um, provide very specific help. So what I like to suggest is that for help with these problems, meet at this time. So if you have a math assignment and they were supposed to do questions one through 10, you can then point out and say, if you need help on questions eight, nine, and 10, specifically those, come join me at the office hours. Ask for feedback as a teacher. So students love to tell teacher their thoughts. So invite them to have to, to give you feedback. They'll probably show up. They'll give you some great feedback. And then once they give you feedback, then you can pivot and switch it onto them. So then you can ask the students questions of what's working. You can pivot to what concepts or skills they're troubled with. So it's a great way just to get students to show up to uh, open office hours. You can also make them just social hours or a recess. So have trivia time, show and tell, Mad Libs meet up, a dress up day, you can do Wacky Wednesday. And then it's also important to maybe change the word help to feedback. So instead of saying show up for help, show up for feedback, show up for peer feedback, have peers, have students uh, collaborate with other students to give suggestions. 
So then you, then you can meet together as a whole class to debrief. And then you can also just do optional extensions. So hop on a video conference to dive deeper. You can do a podcast club, a book club, all different ideas for extensions. Let's talk about engagement. So I think it's really important to do the social emotional check-ins. I like the idea of the students have to choose one item. So you have them go run to their kitchen, go run to the living room, grab one item and bring it back and then explain why did they grab that item. Um, And then it's important to have that top level of engagement for students to have some ownership in that. So projects with accountability, maker projects, assign a project and give a timer. So you could say you have 15 minutes to design such and such. And then after the 15 minutes, turn your camera back on and students can present. Um, Create a time capsule, which then goes into a writing assignment. You can have a wonder day, scavenger hunts. Uh, If you're using breakout rooms or just doing different groups for your small group, optional office hours, make sure to vary the groups. Keep the students, um, keep the students uh, learning from all different students in their, in their class. And then use private chat for parent share. So this is what I mentioned earlier with that chat feature. I understand completely why it's important to turn the chat feature off at some times. It can become distraction. Um, Students will goof off. They'll just do silly words, whatever. But if used appropriately, it could be an awesome tool. So consider having private chat for pair share. So have a slide on your your screen that has um, partners. Give a, a... question and then students have to then just message that one partner and they can go back and forth and then tell them to stop messaging you can turn off the chat and go back together as a whole group and they can share what them and their partner uh, messaged about the great thing about doing that is that you can then download the transcript afterwards so you can see what they were typing to each other which is a great feature and tell the students that prior so that might keep them on track and also remember though back to that social emotional part if students do start to talk start talking about minecraft it's not that big of a deal um, remember that sometimes they just need that connection with other students so if they do start talking about that, maybe just remind them to get back on, a, on track. But remember, social-emotional welfare is so important right now as well. Another idea is to do show-and-tell. I love show-and-tell because you can make it about student interest. So when students own their own learning, they get an opportunity to pursue their own passions. This goal, the goal then allows students to share and then they can succeed and thrive in the learning environment. Also becoming makers. So doing again with their own interest, students learning should include creative work. So take students off screen. So have them question, I'm wondering why, I'm wondering what would, I'm wondering how. Have them come up with something that they're wondering about and then have them report it to you and let them let them go and discover and work together and find out the answer. 
Uh, blogging is a great idea right now. Blogging used to be really popular and I think it could be um, extremely useful in this environment. So thematic blogs are based on students' interests, passions, and ideas. So they could be making a foodie blog, a sports blog, fashion blog, a science blog, a history blog. The ideas are endless. So and then they can also practice writing using different genres. A couple websites would be KidBlog, EduBlogs, even Seesaw. Those websites will allow students to create safe blogs. And then, of course, there's podcasting. Podcasting, what a great way for students just to have their audio. Um, and this is great because they don't need to have their faces. And I know a lot of times students, that adds another level of pressure. So consider book reviews, historical fiction, interviews, math problems in real life, podcasts. Um, Flipgrid could work with this completely because Flipgrid allows students to record a video, but they can actually put a picture over their video screen so it hides, they can block out themselves and they'll be the voice behind the image so they can create a cover art for their podcast. They can also just use their smartphones and click record and make a recording using their smartphone, which work well too. Um, collaboration, so collaboration right now is so important. Remember in the class environment, students were collaborating all the time, just talking to one another from desk to desk, working in small groups. Students were collaborating and they were engaged together all day long. So start maybe with a mini project to do this virtual collaboration, but engage in some sort of shared research. Remember, um, you can watch the Google Slides and the Google Docs, you can watch them type in real time. So if you pair students together in small groups or just partners, you can watch and see their thinking in real time on your screen. So tools to do this would be chats, like I mentioned, Google Docs, slides, video conferencing, and email. If possible, breakout rooms would work great for this too, but I understand um, you wanna make sure you have an adult in each breakout room. And this would be something that might work for some classes and it might not work for others, but if possible, it is a great tool. And last but not least, I wanna talk about voice and choice. So remember, in order to get that high attention and high commitment, it's really important that students are allowed to have choice in their learning. Um, so in some classes, they can choose the topic. Choice boards are so important for this. Playlist and then learning menus. So choice boards, an example is like a tic-tac-toe, pick three in a row. You have a, a grid of nine different options and they have to pick three in a row. Um, or learning menus work really well too. It's set up more like a dinner menu. Uh, they have to go in order. So there's like an appetizer, there's the entree, there's dessert, and they. but there's options in each section. So these types of things are so important right now in order to get students engaged. And I just hope that listening to this, that you take away the fact that student engagement is high attention and high commitment to the work. And in order to achieve this, students really do have to have ownership in what they're learning. And I wish everybody good luck this year. I'm so excited to watch um, you teach. I love seeing on social media all the different pictures. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. 
follow me on Twitter at ADW Curriculum. And my email is McCannV at ADW.org. Thanks for listening.